Right, morning, Becky. Morning, Bex. It's nice to be with it's you. It's nice to be with you. And we're thrilled to be joined by two two special guests yeah. today. So we're sat here with Mindy from Badgerwoods Forest School. It's lovely to have you with us, Mindy. Thank you. And lovely to be here. Oh, good. And we're also really pleased to be joined by Gemma Goldenberg. And Gemma is a PhD researcher at the University of East London and also a research specialist at the Chartered College of Teaching. Morning, Gemma. Thanks for joining us. Morning. Thanks for having me. So we actually chatted with, with you a few weeks ago about some research that you're doing and it was so interesting, wasn't it, Becky? It really, oh, it's, it, yeah. It resonates really, with us. Really resonates. Yeah. So, so can you give us, start off, Gemma, by giving us a bit of a, a snapshot or an overview of the research that you're, that you're doing? Sure. So um, I'm just starting a project looking at the impact of an outdoor environment on children's stress, um, their attention, their learning and their behaviour. Um, including their use of speech and language. So I'm going to be working um, in a few different schools across East, East London and working in reception classes. And I'm basically going to be using these little wearable devices which incorporate a heart rate monitor, a microphone um, and some head mounted cameras to kind of really capture um, what children see and experience throughout their day in school. Um, and I'll be comparing what they do um, in their usual indoor class environment and then outdoors in a more natural environment. So I can try to kind of pull apart and disentangle um, the specific effects of the learning environment on children. Why this research, Gemma? What is it about this that, that sort of captured your imagination? Um, well, I'm very lucky actually in terms of doing the PhD project. I got to design the project myself rather than um, join an existing one. So it really came about through my experience of teaching in school. So I was a primary school teacher for a long time, which I loved, but it always felt very counterintuitive to me that we kind of try and keep children indoors, sat down for most of the school day, especially as they get older and go through the school. Um, and that we kind of tell ourselves that most learning has to happen indoors or that outdoors is only for certain kinds of learning. Um, and that, along with kind of parenting experience, really. So I've got three boys of my own, and I noticed how their moods are so different when we get outdoors in the forest. You know, if they're being really problematic at home, then the answer is often, come on, let's all get outside to the forest. And their mood and my mood always changes as soon as we get there. Um, and that was really kind of compounded by the experience of lockdown as well. So I had my youngest child was almost one when the first lockdown started. And I was so worried about his development during lockdown, not being able to go to all these mother and baby groups and toddler groups. And actually, I just found that it had the opposite effect because we spent so much time in the garden, in the forest, at our local parks and just watching the kind of impact of those sensory experiences, the way his physical development came along, the way his speech and language came along. Mm. I kind of was convinced that it was because we had really stripped back our day-to-day -day life um, mm. and simplified it. And he was just having these much more meaningful hands-on experiences than he would have done otherwise in our very kind of complex, noisy, busy lives. It's really funny, um, it's really funny Gemma, because yeah. we were just talking about that. We were actually talking about sort of the whole COVID catch-up narrative for children. And, and actually, as a speech and language therapist, yeah, we're, there's quite significant concerns about the impact of lockdown on children's language. But so, but it's really interesting to hear mm. a really a positive story about that. And we were just saying, actually, about children where there is that language 
perhaps delay or disorder and actually accessing Mindy's yeah, Forest School. You know, you were just saying about just being outside mm -hmm. and just taking the pace of life a little bit slower can have such huge impact. And I think, again, it's trying to help and support families where perhaps the outside space isn't as accessible, maybe. I don't know, because yeah, not everybody has that opportunity. Or it's about the culture within the family. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. so going outside. And it's those quality interactions outside, isn't it? And those sounds and those things that you can actually hear. And I think, like you say, if, if you're in a bad mood or you the children just like going wild because they're inside, it's just like, do you know what? Let's all get out, get to the woods, get to the forest. And we know, I walk in on a Thursday morning to forest school and... I just breathe in a different way. It's just amazing. Mm. It, it, I, th I think the, the difference it can have on your well-being, and then therefore we know that we learn so much better when we feel a lot better. We feel yeah. safe and we feel quite confident, don't I'm we? Just wondering, Gemma, with your with the project, it, will you be exploring the impact on the adults and the educators as well, or is this just primary? Because we teach and practice differently as well don't we perhaps based on the environment totally, we're in so is yeah. that something you're looking at as well or are you focusing just on the children at the moment it's mainly focusing on the children I mean there is some really interesting research about um, stress contagion and kind of you know when you're working in a group like a classroom if, if an adult feels stressed and that can often get kind of passed on to the children and mm. um, so it's possible I might put um, the heart rate monitor and some of the devices on the teachers as well but it depends on their consent really and how they feel about that. Oh that would it's, be amazing. Kind of Very interesting. It's expanding I love such that, a huge project already. But I do want to look at um you know, the interactions between the teachers and the children as well, and whether they vary depending on whether you're indoors or outdoors. Mm. Um, and it was interesting that you mentioned as well about the outdoor provision. The, the schools that I've chosen to participate have got a real range mm. of um, outdoor provision. So some are very urban schools where they just have kind of a concrete playground and others have a forest area or a field. So I'll be looking at, as well at whether there's a greater impact on children, um, if it's more of a nature-rich outdoor area or if actually fresh air and being outside in any space you know is equally beneficial right. wow it, it's a huge project Gemma. i mean what's the what's the time frame for this when are you hoping to sort of pull it all together and, and have this published um so i'm doing the phd for five years because i'm doing it part-time mm. i'm already two years in so i've done kind of lots and lots of reading around all of the existing research and you know a study in the lab which we you know we chatted about once before um and then there'll be about two years of data collection working in schools and then a year of data analysis and, and writing it up so it'll be published in about three years but i do try to kind of update and and kind of publish little bits and bobs as i go along yeah um, so that so must I be what we you know, had seen then write articles and things yeah, yeah. that's that's what mindy really found useful. It? yeah. it's great seeing that on instagram isn't it because yeah. it does give you a snapshot of what's going on mm. and really makes you you know feel part of it like you're, you're following that yeah. story doesn't it totally we were like Mindy was like look at this this is so exciting we were like oh right Gemma we've got to speak to you this is, <laughs> this is fantastic so if people wanted to find you on Instagram Gemma what's your title on Instagram um so it's a bit of an annoying one to spell out but it's at phd and three but between the three words the phd and three are underscores okay um or if you can't remember that, then I'm on um, LinkedIn as well. And I think my Instagram account is is on there. Brilliant. Okay, well, we can, we can add some things on as well, yeah, can't we? Yeah, yeah and, and sort of last question, Gemma, really. In, in early years, 
you know, there, there is a lot of research, but it's not always accessible. And from, from your point of view, it, this sort of like high-end research, why, why is that important for, for those of us that are sort of on the ground in, in those earlier settings? Why, why does research matter? Um, I mean, I think we know that these kind of early years are so important. They have a massive impact on long-term life outcomes and narrowing the gap. And there's really a limited amount of time to lay these foundations um, with children in those first years of life. We know that early years practitioners already work as hard as they possibly mm. can. So I think use of research is really about working smarter rather than harder. Mm. It's about making informed decisions so you can make the best use of your time and resources um, by being kind of backed up by the scientific evidence that's there. And it's not about uh, abandoning your gut instincts or your own experience about what works because those are so valuable. It's about knowing the research that's there, being able to use that to support what you do. And sometimes you read research and you might try something out and say, actually, no, that doesn't chime with what I do at all. Mm. And that's not the case for me and the children that I work with and that's fine mm. you know and something that I always say to practitioners is we have to bear in mind the fact that so much research that's out there about education is done in a very unnaturalistic way mm. often in a lab with a researcher one-to-one -one, and that doesn't always translate to classroom practice or forest school practice so we have to be a bit discerning about what we want to use and how we want to use it yeah. but that's why with this research project it's so important to me that I'm working in there in schools yes. in collaboration with teachers getting their feedback all the time on how can we make it more naturalistic how can we use measures that really matter to you uh, because I want it to be useful day to day for people. I think that's why it's going to be so impactful yeah. isn't it because I, I think that's it's actually happening and the research is happening as you're doing it isn't yeah. it and you've got the children and the and the adults there and you can actually see can't you you can see the variants as well it's so much better like that naturalistic yeah, it's going to make such a difference can't Gemma. wait to read it looking forward oh, it's to it gonna be, it's going to be amazing yeah, yeah thank you so much for your time this morning Gemma really really interesting and I, I'm sure we'd love to speak to you again and delve into this a little bit more when you're at the next stage so that, that would be great if you'd be happy to join sure. us for another time happy to come back with an update oh, brilliant. brilliant thank, thank you so Gemma. much thank Take you care. bye, bye. Thank 